Welcome to Tattoo Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. As your host, I'm a professional career coach, Donna Shannon, and I help people navigate the hiring maze to get to the jobs they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon or my website or all kinds of places. Today, my guest is Amber Stevens, who is both a very talented massage therapist and author and eating coach. So Amber, I'll let you introduce yourself in just a minute because you've got a lot of things going on there. So our purpose, the show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as us Gen X millennials and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show we explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaches. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, which includes resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, interviews, coaching, and of course, ongoing classes. You can check out our ridiculously long website, which is personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com. Or, you know, you can just Google it. So hi, Amber. (laughs) Hi, Donna. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Glad to have you on here. So let's just kind of dive into things. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and all these different brands and fire things you've got going in the fire? (laughs) Yes. So I am a national board certified health and wellness coach. I'm also a licensed massage therapist, a mindful eating instructor, an author of the book, Food, Feelings, and Freedom, The End to Emotional Eating, and speaker. So yeah, I have my hands in a lot of little pots that I'm stirring around here, but it's all related in this effort for people to live this really lovely, healthy, happy life. And so any ways and avenues that I can reach people, that's where I have been moving towards. In my practice, I have a small practice here in Arvada, just outside of Denver. Great, great. So let's talk a little bit more about your book. Uh, number one, when did it come out and what's it all about? Yeah, so my book came out at the end of 2019 and it is all about overcoming emotional eating. So I realized through kind of my own personal health journey as I was not doing very well in my health, which was a little sad because, you know, I am working in wellness. I should be doing really great, but I wasn't. I was having some serious health problems and eventually got to a point where I was fainting, which, you know, nobody wants to go unconscious. So I had to take a real good look in my life and I realized that my stress overload was just way too much. And I had to do the things to bring down my stress. And in that process, I realized how much food connects into our ability to manage stress. And I had this real just aha moment where I realized I'm an emotional eater. And it really didn't occur to me beforehand because I wasn't really overweight. And I think in our society, we put overweight with emotional eating all the time. And so it's easy to overlook the fact that when you have strong feelings, it's really easy to soothe them through food. So I had to take kind of my own approach to overcoming my stress, 
to feeling my emotions and allowing to process them because I was just shoving them down and I was quite literally shoving food in to keep them shoved down. And so I had to kind of overcome that. And so my book is really a, almost a field guide to the body. How do we feel our emotions, embrace them, move through them, not turn to food to comfort and cope with them? And then some other ways that you can also work through your emotions. So exercises and aromatherapy, journaling, all of this is in the book. And I do take a um, approach up front to really let you understand what's happening between the gut brain connection, between our old lizard brain that's really in control of our emotions and puts us on autopilot so that we do choose our foods kind of automatically without thinking about them. And at the heart of all of that is mindfulness. And that's where my mindful eating um, instruction certification came in to be because I realized how critical it is for our overall health and overcoming emotional eating to bring mindful awareness to everything that we do in our lives, including the food that we eat, even if it's just a little snack in front of us. So that was the um, energy and passion for this book to exist. So in like working with people on their whole food journeys and emotional eating, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, oh, maybe during COVID you were seeing some upticks in emotional eating. Yes, yes. It was pretty big during the pandemic. And, you know, it's interesting in emotional eating there, there's eating for true emotion, you know, sadness, fear, anger, you know, all those true emotions. But then there's also eating for boredom and convenience and procrastination, which all of this became very strong during the pandemic where we were just bored. Things that you wanted to do, you just flat out couldn't do it. And then the convenience factor, you know, you're not usually working at home right next to your kitchen. <laughs> and so it's very easy just to, you know, every time you take a break or every time you don't want to go start the next project you go into the kitchen and find some food there. So there was an uptick in emotional eating, both from feeling the, um, you know, just the overwhelming out of control nature of COVID and the emotions involved with that, but also just plain, I'm bored. I don't know what else to do. And food is definitely a friend, you know, it doesn't tell us that we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And yeah, you know, this may seem weird. I don't know if you've run into this, but like, especially early on in the lockdowns last year, when they said, oh, the only places you can go is like the grocery store or Walgreens to get your meds or whatever. And I was like, we ended up with way more food in the house just because like my son was living with us at the time and he's a massive extrovert. I'm pretty extroverted. So just being trapped in here and not having strangers to talk to is like crazy. So we were like going to the grocery store way more often just to get that day out of the freaking house. You know? <laughs> yes, it became entertainment. <laughs> yes, that absolutely happens. And, you know, that's okay if you're going and you're buying the right foods, right? So part of having food convenient is that it's food that nourishes your body and, isn't the other food that actually can have a negative effect on your emotions and put you in almost a sadder space. 
the problem with some of these foods that we eat for comfort foods is that they're foods that we feel guilty about eating. We think that we shouldn't eat them. And when we do, then we start to feel shameful and that's not where we want to be, right? You don't want to feel ashamed for the actions that you're taking and the food that you're eating. I want you to love your food. I am a big time foodie. I eat pretty much everything, including pizza and burgers. (laughs) It's all on my list. Um, but you want to be able to take away that shame around what's happening there. That's a pretty good point, right? Because I I mean, I hear that all the time. It's like, don't eat things that are bad for you. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I love about mindful eating is that there's in mindful eating, there isn't the concept of good and bad food. Okay. So food is not the enemy. Food is just food. It's a way of delivering calories, which is energy to our body and our brain. That's all food is. And we can get that energy from sugar. We can get that energy from fat, from protein. It's all just giving our body nutrients and energy. But we have over the years developed a society that has started putting good and bad labels on food. You know, sugar's bad, gluten's bad. At one point, eggs were bad and dairy was bad. <laughs> and you know, we just label these things. So then when you eat these foods, you feel like you did something bad and you didn't. So in mindful eating, there isn't good and bad food. We want to remove the judgment around the food. There is only sometimes and always foods. Mm. So you want to eat a lot of the always foods, which would be vegetables and whole fruit and protein and whole grains, right? The healthy fats. Right. And you want to minimize the sometimes foods. Those are the chips and the French fries and the fast food, right? And if you start looking at food in that way of sometimes and always, you can start to eliminate the guilt around it and the freedom that's in that is just beautiful because you can look at a food and instead of saying, I can't have it, it's not on my diet plan. You can ask yourself, do I want to have it? Does it make my body feel good or feel bad to have it? And then you make a decision based on what feels right to you, not what some you know external rule maker is telling you to do or not do. Mm-hmm. So it's really significant shift. Um, and it's actually an easy one to adopt, but it's really powerful once you start seeing food, not as the enemy, but as this conscious decision of, do I want that in my body or not? Right. Right. I was kind of encouraged when is right at the beginning of the year for 2021. And some of the CDC guidelines were coming out about, you know, what you should eat and things like this. And uh, I saw one of the doctors on TV go, well, you know, it's not a matter of never eating sugar and it's just like not necessarily doing it every day. (laughs) Well, his example was, it's like, if you're doing it habitually, it's something to be concerned about. And he goes, if you're having cake occasionally, that's fine. But if you're having cake on Wednesday, that's a problem every (laughs) Wednesday. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. The problem is not cake the problem is wednesday so i can eat anything i want to on wednesday cookies are fine but no cake no cake on wednesdays <laughs> that's, that's an ice cream exactly. day <laughs> i'm betting that's our wednesday. That, right <laughs> yeah yeah and that's you know one of the things about trying to make the right decisions for yourself It's just that there is a lot of information out there kind of telling you what and how to eat and when to eat it and when not to eat it. And 
really just slowing down and tuning in to your own body, you start to learn those, uh, those actions that are right for you. And maybe you do want cake on a Wednesday, but you shouldn't have it every Wednesday, perhaps, and you shouldn't have it every Wednesday and Thursday, right? You can start seeing trends of, oh, I'm actually eating that all the time. You know, when I was stuck in my emotional eating cycle, it was usually this big bag of chocolate, like little chocolate candies. And they just kind of sat there next to me open all the time. I didn't even realize how much I was reaching in and grabbing them. Mm. And that was because I was just eating them mindlessly. You know, it's kind of like the uh, bucket of popcorn that you get at the movie theater when we used to go to movie theaters. Right. <laughs> and you just sit there and you're mesmerized by the movie and you just keep, keep eating. And then all of a sudden you put your hand in the bucket and you hit the bottom of the bucket. And you had no concept of, am I full? Am I um, satisfied? Did this even taste good to me? It's just this automatic eating until the food is gone kind of thing. And that's what I would do with those chocolate bags of little yumminess. <laughs> and now I still eat them, but it's, it's rare. And I don't just have a bag open next to me. And once I tuned in mindfully to eating them, I realized that they're okay. They're not great. I don't love them, <laughs> but somehow they turned into that food that I thought I had to have every day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that all too well. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of talk about the, the business aspect of getting the book published and what the process was like, because I know a lot of people out there, uh, especially entrepreneurs or small business owners were one of the things about establishing your expertise is getting a book out there. So how did you find that actual process of publishing and putting together everything? You know, I am actually a pretty creative brain. So writing the book, once I outlined how I wanted the flow to go and what I wanted the chapters to be, the book was written within, I think, 100 days. So about three months of being diligent, sitting down, writing. And then I found an editor to review what I had written and make suggestions and changes. Um, and then I found a graphic designer to do the layout and add pictures that I wanted. And then I went the self-publishing route. And I'll be honest with you, once it was published, I first did it as an ebook for the ease of downloading it for everyone. And I thought I made this masterpiece. And once I'm out, it's out there, there's just going to be hundreds of thousands of people downloading my book. <laughs> And as the creative type, I didn't really tune into the actual business and marketing side of getting the book out there. So the book is created and this, you know, I, I think this masterpiece, of course, but now nobody's aware of it, right? Except for my, you know, my clients and my group of friends and family, they know, but that has been the difficult process. The writing was actually pretty easy and there's all kinds of programs that I see all the time popping up in my Facebook ads about, you know, write your book in 90 days. And, and that part is actually pretty easy. If you feel like you need help with that, some of those programs might be great, but I would say it's the marketing and the promoting side that is more difficult to navigate and understanding how to reach the right people with your message. Like you said, during COVID, emotional eating absolutely went up. And it still was an interesting challenge for me to get my book out there and um, recognized. My book right now is on my own website and it's 
on Lulu as well. So I did hear from people that they wanted a hard copy. They wanted something tangible that they could underline stuff. And I have recipes in there. So they wanted to be able to pull up the recipes. And so I did it self-published for Lulu as well. So I'm working on getting it reformatted a little bit and updated to put it onto Amazon. And um, I think that'll be kind of the next big push on the book. But I would say for those interested in writing it, absolutely do it. One of the great things that I didn't even think at the time, but has been a really nice tie-in with my business is that I can work with clients and as a thank you for working with me, they get a copy of my book. Or as an intro to working with me, they get one session and a copy of my book. So it's been this like kind of nice magnet for people who are maybe curious about what to do with overcoming emotional eating and they need just that little bit of incentive. I would say the book has been big there. And then things like this, just the joy of speaking with you on the podcast and other speaking engagements. I've had some uh, virtual wellness retreats that I've been the speaker at in other countries. And part of that was because I had written a book and it was more of an expertise step in the right direction for those speaking engagements. So I say, if you're thinking about it, do it. Don't hold back. (laughs) Yeah, but I do like the fact that you got an exterior editor and I can't stress how important that is. Like when I did, my book is the Get a Job Without Going Crazy is now in its third edition. And I had an editor for the first edition who was just a family member doing me a favor. So it's like, not that great. Uh, the second edition, <laughs> I used no editor and, you know, it gets the idea out there. But the third one, I actually used one of my staff members to edit it. And it did make a difference because the things that, I think are clear in my mind are not necessarily clear when it hits the page. And that's where the editor comes into play. And it's not just that it's the, of course, the grammatical, the spelling, the does this make sense kind of stuff, but a really good editor will also help refine that message uh, to make sure you're getting everything across to people. And it's really easy to publish a book these days, especially self-publish. And uh, sometimes I'll, read like uh, I read a lot of horror and there'll be people who have self-published and they just throw it on Amazon and you know Mm -hmm. it's like by the time I hit like the fourth spelling error in a 20,000 word book which is not very big (laughs) okay yeah or it's just sometimes it's just a mash I'm like well well, it was a dollar (laughs) I got a dollar's worth of entertainment out of this Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I concur with everything you said. The external editor was a big deal. And yeah, she's definitely caught areas where I was being redundant too. You know, she just said that this, you already said this in the beginning, you don't need to say it again. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So it made it much more of an easier read, which is what I wanted. You know, I don't want people to be stressed out reading a book that I'm trying to help you eliminate stress. (laughs) Yeah. So another thing that I find interesting about you and your work is you've got the diversification in your own career. So we've got the massage therapy, we've got the coaching, we've got the speaking, we've got the book. Uh, and this is pretty common in what we see these days. We use, sometimes we call it that the protean career approach or the gig economy, but I, I don't like the gig economy thing. A pro, I like, have you ever heard that phrase protean careers before? 
I don't think I have. I was going to ask you to describe that. <laughs> I know they actually came up with that like in the last recession. And the whole idea is, yeah, the god Proteus is like three, he has like three faces so he can see in all directions, right? And it's about being flexible and not putting all your eggs in one basket in some ways. But I think it's also gives us the freedom to explore different kind of career passions. But we also have these multiple revenue streams uh, so that we do have more flexibility when things like COVID happens and you're not allowed to massage people right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, my business did close for two months and very unexpectedly, like everyone else. And that was shocking, obviously. It uh, certainly took a hit to where my direction was headed and what I thought I was doing in business. And Um, You know, I would say overall, although it was kind of a good thing, it made me reaffirm areas of my business that I really enjoyed and wanted to be in. And it also made me realize there was a lot of things I was doing that I would just call busy work Mm. and I didn't need them. You know, they weren't helping my business grow. They were making me just be burning the candle at both ends and working late nights and early mornings and missing out on family time. And so in a way, I actually kind of appreciated the shutdown, but I love that idea of the protean image that you described there because it did allow me, you know, having my health coaching business, I can work telehealth with people. I work virtually all over the country with people to help with mindful eating and emotional eating. The massage, it's local. (laughs) You have to be in a room with me, you know? So I was very thankful that I had made the pivot about five years ago to add coaching to my service, which at that time was more of a strategic move. I had injured my back and it totally seized up on me, which you can't give a lot of massages if you can't move. (laughs) And so it really made me aware of the potential shortcomings of a job that's very physically demanding. And I absolutely love nutrition and was talking to people about food and eating. And so I naturally gravitated to the health coaching and then through my own relationship with food, took it more into the mindfulness approach, which ties in beautifully with the body work that I do. And so I never, honestly, when I started this practice, I never saw this many heads, so to speak, that I would be wearing with being an author that still, you know, to this day, I'm just kind of, wow, I haven't wrote a book. I actually did it. It's out there, you know, and to be a speaker. And uh, I was teaching uh, kind of an enrichment course at the Nutrition Therapy Institute. So now I'm an honorary teacher at an institute and I'm just kind of following the breadcrumbs, if you will, to see you know, what's possible, what's out there in my business. I don't have to just stay in one tiny little corner doing massage with people. I can spread this much greater wellness initiative for the community and with, you know, internet even beyond into other countries. And it's just this beautiful practice to kind of expand myself that way. All right. Sounds good. So now we get to one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about tattoos and you do indeed have some ink. So what have you got? What does it mean? Where is it? Yeah. (laughs) And I love my ink. So I had my very first tattoo I got when I was 21 
And I wouldn't say it was necessarily a whim. I had been thinking about it for a little bit, but on my hip, I have a half sun and a half moon to symbolize, you know, just the, the uh, paradox of life, you know, the good, the bad, the light, the dark, that kind of stuff. And I'm a nature girl. So of course it has to be the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. And behind it has a wolf print paw, which at the time in my late teens, early twenties, I was way into spirit animals <laughs> and I had, you know, wolf as my spirit animal. So I had to have the wolf paw. Well, now I'm quite a bit older. I'll say that. And the wolf paw looks more like black blobs. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually my hip. I, that's my next piece of ink is to expand it into an elephant along. It's going to be a big piece, but I want to merge that sun moon into kind of the headdress of an elephant along my thigh. So that one's going to be super fun. Uh, And then my second one was my wedding band. So as a massage therapist, pulling my rings off all the time to do massage was uh, not good. And at one point I thought I had lost my rings. So my husband and I, we went for our fifth anniversary and we got tattoos together and um, I have some Native American heritage. So I picked more of a Native American look, which has the Native American sun and then the moon. Again, you're noticing a theme here, Uh (laughs) but it's full moon, new moon, full moon, which is the symbol for time. And the sun is the symbol for happiness. So this is my happiness forever wedding band. And then my third and final one is on my foot, which is just a fun dragonfly because I love dragonflies. And I had this really ugly scar that was this long, thin scar and staring at it one day, I said, oh, that could easily be the body of a dragonfly. And I took a Sharpie and drew wings on it. (laughs) And I went, yeah, I want a dragonfly. So I went out, I think the next week and got a dragonfly tattoo over my scar. And now I love it. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I do have uh, some cover-ups on scars for my tattoos, but they're all from ex-husbands. So <laughs> not names. Thank God, not names. Just just symbolic images. <laughs> yeah, new husband, you just keep replacing it. Now I just have like a giant black thing on my arm. <laughs> How many do you have, Donna? Me? How many tattoos in total? Yeah. I think I'm up to like nine or ten now. But now, okay. now that I'm, I'm pretty heavily tattooed and now yeah. that I'm getting older, it's like literally cover-ups on ones that are not that great to begin with, or just, you know, faded and stretched out. You can't tell what the hell it is anymore. So <laughs> the actual new logo that we have for the Tattooed Freaks show is this, you know, roaring dragon head. That's my latest cover-up, which is the, over my left shoulder it's a shoulder cap so okay nice where would you say was the most painful spot for a tattoo uh you know it was actually the cover-up on my right for uh upper arm and now to give you a little bit of history that's the one where i got an original tattoo there was for my first husband which was like a griffin and generally speaking, the upper part of your arm here is like the easiest spot to get a tattoo. So it was 45 minutes and I fell asleep in the chair when I got it. And it wasn't <laughs> even that high, you know, it was just, it, it really wasn't that painful. 
but then when i got the cover up for the second husband that's gigantic bear paw covers it up now oh my god it was horrifying because of the scar tissue involved oh okay and i've come to find out over you know these past 20 30 years my body just naturally makes a lot of scar tissue it's just what it loves to do so uh generally speaking whenever you're getting cover-ups done typically you can have like no pain at all because the scar tissue doesn't have a whole lot of nerves in it or you get like me and the scar tissue is extra painful so yeah that's that was that and that one (laughs) i was very high when i got so that could probably have something to do (laughs) well i was surprised when i got my wedding band on the inside of the finger where he just had to do a solid dot for you know a, a solid full moon type thing that was excruciating mm-hmm. <laughs> this little tiny thing inside the finger i don't know if there's a nerve right there or what that was but man i do not want to sit there through that one again <laughs> yeah when i got the shoulder cap then i actually did it in two sessions we probably could have done it all in one but with i had this done during um you know pandemic ages i had it done like october of 2020 and so the first session went in and i mean it's big it's a big piece was like not that bad right i mean there's some parts like going over the breastbone which is like oh yeah yeah because it's like you get on there and you get like the sympathetic vibrations of the uh tattoo needle going like the entire rib cage it's like holy shit will you please stop now go to a different spot yeah or up on the collarbone it's like oh yeah 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 i can see that yeah then i came back like six to eight weeks later after that one had healed to get like the rest of the coloring done Mm -hmm. and then that one was pretty bad because now i had the scar tissue but it's also raw healing flesh that we're driving color onto so that was like yeah, I get to show off my new tattoo artist was Nate Stevens with um, Marion Street Tattoo here in Denver. He's the one who did the shoulder cap on this dragon. And it's all like, yeah, that first session, I'm like sitting like a rock and I'm the tough girl and all the rest of this. I go back for the second session. The first one was over four hours. Second was like just around two. And I'm like crawling around in the chair going, oh my God, no. <laughs> Not nearly so tough. I blew my image there. <laughs> So, yeah, we keep coming back for more. So <laughs> they, they put the comeback juice in there, you know. Yep, they do. <laughs> and you get the euphoria. It so too. good. <laughs> the euphoria from all the the endorphins. So when I had, I have a koi dragon on my left forearm, and or upper arm. And when like when I finished the last session with that one, it's like I was on like such a euphoric high. I was like driving around, just loving everybody. And you know, there were some of the homeless there at the corner. I'm like. I had a whole bunch of like gold uh, Sacagawea coins in my car, the one dollars. And I'm yeah. like, here, I will rain gold doubloons <laughs> on all the homeless men in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that tattoo was done by Porno Jim at um, Bound by Design here in Denver. And what's funny is that my husband and I go in a couple of years after that to get some more work done by him. And I'm telling him about the story of, you know, the gold doubloons on the homeless. He's all like, oh man, don't give the bums money. 
I go, but Jim, I was like having a spiritual moment. I had to share the wealth. It's like, don't encourage him. <laughs> what? My tattoo artist porno Jim was salty? Imagine <laughs> no way. I know, shocking. Anyways, uh, so with all the work that you've got done, um, artists, shops that you can name? Uh, two of my three is Terry at Faith Tattoo and love his work. Love, love, love it. Um, really great shop. Really clean, nice place to be in. Um, and the one on my hip, you know, long time ago, that was a place up in Fort Collins. And I'm not even sure if it's around anymore. So <laughs> can't give a shout out there. But, um, you know, I look at artists in um, the local artists and my husband has quite a few tattoos and I just admire the work of the tattoo artists so much. And there's just beautiful work that people are doing all around the neighborhood. And I do think I kind of want my next tattoo to be a woman artist. I would love to support women to grow in this tattoo industry. I just don't think there's that many of them right now. So that's kind I of what know, I'm I, I know a couple I can recommend. Okay. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. Uh, as a matter of fact, when you um, send your contact information to Jasmine, my assistant, Jasmine Giffen, who's a professional piercer down at Stay Local in Mantra here in Denver, shameless plugs. She knows <laughs> a lot of people in the industry and, and some of her, you know, female friends would be happy to help you out. Mm. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, that's my uh, reward to myself for a couple of the goals I have these next two months. So probably the end of April, we're getting that elephant going. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. So my guest today has been Amber Stevens. Amber, how can people get in touch with you? Easiest is to visit my website, which is youareboundless.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E boundless.com. And there's a link to appointments with me. You can book right online. And there's also the page to my book, so you can purchase either the ebook version and download and start right today, or you can purchase a hard copy and have it in about a week. There we go. And the book one title one more time. Food, Feelings, and Freedom, The End to Emotional Eating. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you very much for being on with me today. And thank you, Donna. It was a pleasure. Yep. And uh, oh yeah, my producer always reminds me is you like what we're doing, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a comment. If you don't like what we're doing, just keep it to yourself. Don't be mean. We've got enough nastiness in the world. And until next time, this is Donna Shannon with uh, Tattoo Tricks and Business Suits. Bye. Bye.